Well, welcome everybody to this latest episode of the Forever Bristol City podcast. To finish at Ashton Gate yesterday, City 2, West Brom 2. Little bit of an end of season feel about it because we are, barring a miracle, safe absolutely safe and with the sun out and everything like that you know the, the warm sunny days are uh, well here already I think uh, it's two years since lockdown and it was glorious wasn't it for the first uh, three months of that two years ago anyway joining me as usual are uh, Ian and Mark morning chaps uh, bright and sunny where you are in your various uh, abodes yep yeah absolutely. nice bright sunny day good show and, and Ian, you're a bit further south than us, aren't you? Yes, I guess you'll be off to the coast at some point today, will you? Yeah. We'll uh, we'll be on the beach. I'll be taking George, uh, that's my dog, uh, down the beach today. And uh, we'll have a good that good hour down there this afternoon. Uh, it's only, it's literally 10 minutes drive from where I live. So that'll be absolutely, there'll be a few grockles down there, but nothing we can't handle. No. Anyway, yesterday's game, um, we had taken a point before the game, I think. Uh, West Brom beat Fulham in midweek, so uh, they put an, an, put behind them some fairly dismal form under uh, Steve Bruce, as we usually do. You first, Ian. Just a quick 30-second summation of the game from your perspective. I'll look at the positives and the negatives. The positives, we got a point, and there was, I read a poll just before the uh, game, and it was amongst City fans, how did they think we do? And 73% at that time I looked at it, we're going for a defeat. We're 16 points clear of the drop with, a, with once again, three less points to play for for most clubs. A golden assist for Weinman and the back five did well. On the negative side, never in control of midfield, poor service to the front men, Wushball. Uh, lost another goal after 89 minutes. That's the eight times this season that's happened. Uh, deep midfield effectively saw us play with a back seven. The injury to Semenyo, he was sat when he came off the pitch. He was sat uh, on the bench with uh, an ice bag strapped to his knee. So let's hope it's not the one he had the operation on. We had six players missing through injury. Um, I think that's actually seven. And uh, only three shots on target. And in the second half, we completely surrendered midfield. Mm. All right, there we go. No, that's a good uh, balance view. Positives and negatives. The negatives we've uh, heard all too often. Uh, how is it for uh, How is it for you, Mark? Uh, Nigel Pearson had a plan. E I E I O play with a back seven and go for the percentages. For the most part, it works. The defence played very well. At the end of the first half, City carved out the best chances and went ahead. Second half, we completely surrendered possession sat deeper and deeper and the players mindset and Pearson who could have affected the game with a late substitution and thrown on Viner as an auxiliary midfielder so saw City cough up another two points when they would have had a morale boosting win to send everybody home happy. Uh, I think that's a good summation as well. We talk about some of the players uh, in the lineup or non-use of subs just to pick up one point which was right at the very end of the game and I think we had the ball right down in their corner flag uh, by section 82. And I thought Campring was going to stand on the corner flag, as you do. But before we know where we were, it was switched up the other end. I mean, the lineup, uh, no Thomas Callas, so he's going to have an extended break from the side. Uh, Ian, is, is Callas, I mean, Alex Scott was injured yesterday, uh, hence his exclusion. Um, but is Callas, like Scott, not going to be allowed to join the uh, international group? What was the situation there? And what did you think of the lineup? Predictable, really, wasn't it? Uh, Get off your keyboard, somebody. <clears throat> Uh, I would say that, no, he's not joining up. 
Um, and I don't think Antoine Semenyo, who was rumoured to be joining up with Ghana, um, I don't think he'll be joining up either because that injury didn't... I mean, hopefully it's a knock and he'll get over it within the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I don't, I don't think he'll be joining up. Pearson revealed, to use um, the, uh, the literary parlance that's being used these days, the clickbait uh, parlance, that Callas had been playing through pain for two years. And I'm not happy with a player playing through pain, but I think a lot of pros, if any pros are listening, they'd say, well, sometimes you've got to. All right, let's, as that, let's accept that. But why is he trooping off in playing internationals as well then? Yeah. If he's playing through pain, because that's only going to get worse. Players did that years ago. And then you finish up seeing, you know, old war horses like Tommy Smith hobbling around on sticks when they're in their 50s. Now, I know medical care is a lot better these days, but I'm, I'm not um, I'm not comfortable with a player playing through pain for that long. So hopefully he'll have recovered sufficiently to come back after the international break. Yesterday, being honest, and I'm a big fan of Thomas Callas, uh, I don't think we missed him. No. Uh, so I, I think it's it's a bad thing, but we've got, we've still got going into next season. And I'd like to I'd like to make some points later on in the podcast about next season and the summer, mm. particularly, and what happens needs to happen at the end of this season, if you wouldn't mind. Um, that we've still got a problem with injuries now. Before somebody screams at me and says, "Well, yeah, but last season we had it was it was worse last season." You're quite right. But it's not acceptably it's not acceptable this season. We've got too many injury prone players, and we we go into in, each international break with between four and eight players injured. I, each one we've gone into, and that's too many. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mark the lineup. Uh, 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 an inclusion in Callis's continued absence for uh, Jason Cundy. I think... Uh, I Robbie think Cundy. Robbie Cundy. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> Jesus. He's on, he's on talk sport, Dave. He's on talk sport. And he did play a few loan games for us many years ago, unless I'm much mistaken. Yeah, he did. Yeah, Actually, many years ago. People that pick up on our factual inaccuracy. And I don't know how old Robbie Cundy is, so it might be factually inaccurate here. I think 24, he's 24. I think. 24. I think, just on what we've seen so far, Mark, He's done enough to earn a contract in the summer. We could do a lot worse, and we don't have to. It doesn't cost us anything. Yeah, I think? think he's been he's been very good. Um, doesn't dive doesn't dive in. Uh, good good header of the ball. Um, you know, got a pre assist pre assist for for the goal yesterday. Good free kick from his from his own half. Yeah, I, I think he's. I mean, I think he could have come into the side side sooner. And I like to hear some sound praise for him from from Nigel Pearson. Definitely worth worth a contract. Yeah, I'd be very sorry sorry if he went. He's been out playing. Uh, you know, Rob Atkinson, who's one one season ahead of him in terms of uh, yeah. in terms of league football with that with that season he had with with Oxford. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, a good sound player and a great find because he had to. I mean, he was uh, he, he's had to go backwards to go forwards again, hasn't he, uh, Robbie? Yeah. So uh, well done. Well, you're right, and and I mean JDS Jada Silva playing right wing back again. I know. Neil Sutton isn't a great fan of that, but we've got a little... It's almost like having a new sign with Jay because he went on one run. Admittedly, it broke down after he'd gone past a third player. But, you know, it, he's not ideal at right wing back, but he's not bad either, is he? He's, he's got probably better ball control than the vast majority of the team, Mark. 
Yeah, yeah, he's got his. I mean, and he's he's not defend he's not defended badly. And that back five, well, it turned into a back seven with Masengo and James looked pretty solid. I mean, look at the clear look at review the game. Look at the clear cut chances that uh, that West Brom had. They didn't. They only played through us right at the death. That was the only time they played through the centre of defence because we yeah. sat far too deep. Apart from that, we, we played very well. We, we just restricted them to crosses, mostly from the right. Uh, and, of course, then there was that mistake from Bentley. But, yeah, the defence yesterday, from, from, for, uh, for, 80, not, for 90 minutes, played play very well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's nothing wrong with that. We no, just had to give up midfield and any attacking desire. Yeah. Um, Ian, I'll come to you first and then you, Mark, for the first goal. Um you know, it, some people said it was a lousy game between two poor sides. I have to say, on balance, since Christmas or since the home form, which is what's kept us out of trouble, has picked up. I felt entertained yesterday. I was very disappointed, but we got the result. But uh, Ian, the first goal, yeah, I won't say City didn't deserve to go in front, but it was well worked. I looked at it again on the replay this morning. Lovely little reverse pass to uh, from, from Matty James, uh, well, down the channel to uh, Vyman. Vyman's cross to Naki Wells after he come on after five minutes with Semenyo. He doesn't miss those, and that's what you want him in the side for. But how did you see the goal, Ian? Well, exactly how you did. You just asked me about the goal and then described it. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, but I'd like Do you want me to talk you through the second one? Because no, no, I'd rather you did. Ian, Ian. You committed the murder. You, you put the knife in, into the guy and, and did that. And just, just describe it to me. <laughs> yeah, No, I described yeah. the goal. Right. What what did you think of the goal? There we go. It was a rare, a rare burst forward. Well, in the first half, our midfielders got into their half. And every time we got in their half and got the ball down, we they were in trouble. I, I, and I agree with you on Jada Silva. Jada Silva is a good footballer. He's got a great first touch. Um, he's, I, I think I prefer him on, on the left to the right. Uh, but uh, and, he, and he's got reasonable pace. Don't get, don't get any goals. Don't really get any assists, truth be told. But he's a good defender. Position, he's, he's good. And that's the difference between having him playing there and somebody like poor old Sam Bell, um, who hadn't, he was not a defender and doesn't get play in the position. And there's a world of, and really he didn't play wing back yesterday. We played with a we essentially we played with a back five, particularly in the second half. Um so that was one of the rare occasions. Matty James played the ball, burst forward with the ball, played it off of um uh, played it out to Vyman. Great cross and Naki Naki does what Naki does and that's why you'd like to see him in the side more because he will get you goals. But like any other striker, the man's got to have service. Yeah. No, you're I've right. got a longer description of it. Go on, Mark. You give me your take on the goal that well, I described the, for quite first, well. For the first, the, yeah. yeah, for the first half hour, I mean, we, we were hardly getting up. We were hardly getting up the pitch. So Jada Silva takes a, takes a throw from the right and then we lose. The, the ball goes out. He's complaining because he thinks it's our throw and it's a West Brom throw. So it's it's thrown forwards. Masengo wins the header. Comes down to uh, to Vyman who uh, who heads it forward. Flicks flicks by Martin to James. And like Ian said, he bursts forward. Plays a great pass to Vyman. It's a great move back from the right to left. And Naki Wells has got a. It's the ball's behind him. It's behind him on the on the left of the goal. He's only got 
a, a narrow space to hit it into back into the corner. It's a well executed goal from there from their throw, and City were hardly getting any forays really. All we were doing when we got up the pitch was throw ins and trying to get crosses in. We'd had no no we, we created no chance at all up to that point, and that was a great goal. Both goals yesterday were great goals. That was yeah. a great goal to win yeah. to get from there throwing. Well, one 0 up at half time and uh, into the second half. And then the uh, the penalty incident, um, prior to it, Dan Bentley had done a couple of really uh, good punches. So he was punching uh, effectively, uh, but he punched the player in the head and missed the ball. I, I, I only saw the replay of it this morning, uh, Ian. Um, and, you know, he connected with a man's head. How, how did you see the goal? Because you're on the Dolman side, so you've got a different angle yeah. from, uh, from me. How did you see it? We... Well, the the biggest issue, yes, it was Bentley's fault. He came, he's come out and he's he's smacked the guy straight in the head. Um, but had we not completely surrendered midfield in the second half, what we did it was like watching attack and defence in training. So when when you win the ball defence, you give the ball back to somebody on the halfway line, and off we go again. And that was like really what most of the second half was like. And the the ball goes out to the lad. Stop it in that keyboard mark. Um, Sorry, it's a bottle we, of water. Um, <laughs> oh, right, well, okay. Um, the ball went out, and the, their player, under no challenge whatsoever, because we didn't have any players out, up there, but they were all hanging about around the box. Nobody got to the guy that was going to cross it. Nobody put him under any pressure, closed him down, so he's able to pick his spot with a cross to the far post. Wasn't a bad cross, but to be honest, I think if Bentley wouldn't have come out, I think the ball might have even gone out of play. Um, but he comes out, obviously feels he can punch the ball, and punches Bartley straight in the puss. And he had no doubt about giving the penalty, did he, the referee? None at no, all. I, can, I, can, I mean, you can't criticise him for that. No. I can see, I can see, see, see his position now. I've got, I've got it frozen on YouTube. And Bartley's, he's actually looking, well, he's looking away from the goal because he's just been punched in the face by Bentley. But he's, he, yeah. he jumps on top of Atkinson. Uh, he, he's, he's got the run on Atkinson. So he jumps over the top of him. Now he's on the, he's almost on the corner of the, the six yard box. I think he'd find it difficult from, from there scoring. So Bentley's made a decision. He's got to get that right. And he clings the guy out. It's a penalty. But like Ian said, no pressure. I think it was on Livermore uh, 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 or Gardner, who was on who was on the right hand side, that the cross comes in too easily. But Bentley had decided three or four times to come out and punch. Some of them were a bit ropey, but he cleared the ball this time. He missed the ball, and uh, I think a boxer would have been proud of that punch. Yeah, as we say, the second half was City uh, defending, uh, well, just surrendering, uh, and by virtue of that having to uh, defend but uh, Ian what we hoped on 85 minutes would be the winning goal it was another cracking goal from us good free kick from uh, Cundy I had to check who put the header in it was Atkinson but uh, it's been he's been a revelation this season Andy Vyman hasn't he and what a finish that was yeah I mean it, you could almost call that a typical Andy Vyman finish and when 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 a, a volley into the roof of the net is, is a typical finish. You know you're not having a bad season. Um, yeah, and I think one of the one of the things that we're, we need to think about is at the end of the season, uh, it's quite likely if Andy what finishes up with over 20 goals, and it looks like barring injury, he will, 
um, that someone's going to come in for him. Or but he is under contract. Con- he is under contract. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, he is for another for another two years. Yeah. Um, but I can see him being on improved terms if if somebody comes in and offers uh, a lot of money and his agent starts agitating. Um, so you know, people always focus on oh well, if, you know, if we have to sell Masengo, yeah, and we might have to sell Semenyo. But don't forget players like as somebody said on the comments on here, Kalas. Uh, somebody yeah. might come in for you. Never know. And somebody might come in for Vyman. So yeah. it's not always the players that you that you want to leave that are are going to go. But yeah, I mean, Andy is is having literally the season of his career. Yeah, how old is he now, Ian? Andy's about thirty, isn't he? He's not. Yeah, overly. You know, when I was on Radio old, Bristol old last season. night, I said he's having the best season of his career. Fact, and he sort of I said. <laughs> I think Jeff ridiculed me a bit. I said he's in the twilight of his career. Maybe he's a year or two off being in the twilight, I guess. Yeah, I'm being, I'm Well, he's, he's a player in form, and you've got to remember that, that Austria are in the semi-finals of the playoffs. They got Wales, didn't they, this week? So if he keeps playing like that, and they did sneak through, he could be on our radar to play in some friendlies before they decide on, they decide on the World Cup squad. Player in form is, is somebody you need in tournament football, isn't it? No, that's true. And Mark, that that uh, goal, as we say, that we hope would uh, would win. You know, it was two of the I'll call it the less experienced players involved. Again, an intelligent ball forward by uh, Robbie Cundy and Atkinson, who's 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 I thought was great yesterday. Um, you know, that was a good towering header from him, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about the free kick was that Robbie hit it hit it flat and hard. So, you know, if if it stays in the air too long, then, of course, players have got a chance to, to run onto the ball. But Atkinson was able to to run across time. It, it was a towering header. It must have been a, a you know, well-rehearsed move because he, he heads it to the side and Feynman's, Feynman's volley. Cracking, I mean, yeah. I mean, his technique. Saw it, saw it last week against Blackburn, you know, a spinning ball today, yesterday. Another great goal, and he's having yeah. in the form of his life. You know, terrific. He's you know the crowd, the fans love him, and he now. And I wasn't saying this the other week because I was thinking of his age. He is a saleable asset. People want goal scorers. He'll yeah. be, uh, he'll, he'll, you know, there'll be there'll be there'll be teams looking at him. Teams coming down. Uh, teams with aspirations next season. Maybe you've got parachute payments like a West Brom, maybe. Because they're not going to go in anywhere. They may still have some money that might come yeah. in with a cheeky bid. We're a you club with, with FFP problems. You never it's know. And, uh, Jimmy Mann, nineteen seventy nine, on here on the text has pointed out that Andy is in the Austrian squad, which I didn't know uh, that. So, oh, right. Oh, so that's good for him. Okay, Ian. Good, yeah. Um, good luck. Good luck, Andy. I've, I've looked at it. Um, I won't give the ball by uh, pass analysis, but um, the equalising goal, uh, as I said about 15 minutes ago, we had the ball down in the corner. We didn't make any late substitution, disrupt the play. Poor game management, lack of mental capability, probably not the right term. How did you see West Brom's equalising goal in 90 plus two this week? Yeah, I mean, it was. there is a contention that Livermore was offside um, in, in the build-up to the goal. But it was a, as Mark said, it's mainly crosses because obviously Bruce had looked at our record from set pieces and crosses and said to his players, whatever you do, get loads of crosses in because this lot are useless from them. Mm. Um, and however you look at it, uh, or the first goal, still, I know it was a penalty, but it still came from a cross. Um, 
it was, as I saw, it was a clever reverse pass. Um, Livermore looking offside and he set up reach. Yeah, uh, player he, we were linked he, with at one stage, weren't we? I we were, it? yeah, and and he, you know, he, he took his chance well, but we didn't have anybody close enough to him, <clears throat> and he was what was he six yards out from goal? Mm. It was it was a similar ish goal to the one we conceded against Blackpool first game of the season, and I think this is part of Pearson's frustration with yeah, we did it again, same players, same mistakes, same goals. He can't no, say it's no, the same it, players, though. He can't good, say good night, it's good the night, same everybody. players, though, Ian, can he? He sounds, <laughs> like Harry, he sounds like Harry H. Corbett. Bye-bye, everybody. Did you ever see that? Bye-bye, yeah, I'm sitting in Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. End of every episode, he's to finish up the big bowl of custard over his head or something <laughs> like that. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. And the, West Brom shirts, like, the West Brom shirts look like custard, didn't they? Uh, well, they look like, to me... Arsenal's away was, kit from a few years ago. Yeah, well, we had a, a yellow away kit once, but anyway, we do digress. The um, the, the the problem, you know, Pearson saying <laughs> he had that look, totally resigned look on his face, saying, "Well, yeah, we did it again. <laughs> what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say?" Because he, he says all he he says it exactly how I feel it. It's like. He said, our fans must be sick to death of hearing me say it. I'm sick to death of saying it. Well, <laughs> but, you wonder what he, the effing hell are you going to do about it then? Well, I, I think the answer is when he said same players, same mistakes, that sends a bit of a signal, doesn't it? That those same players won't be in the team to make the same mistakes. To me, well, that's, what, same he, that's what he's is saying. He, what same players is he talking well, about? Well, I, I, I don't know, but you've got to look at things like um, but do the midfield players track track the uh, attacking midfield? I think our biggest problem down there. The more I look at it, I, I know about the set pieces and the crosses and and, and this. That's a problem uh, because we don't attack well and defend well in wide areas. As a rule. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I, I think on... I think the biggest problem is midfield. All right. I, I... Glad you said that. I, I want to make a point in a moment, and then you can both come back to me on that because there's a couple of things there that. Can I, I talk about the goal? Forward. I want you to talk about the goal, Mark, as you saw it. Yeah, and then um, I'll say say what I was going to say. So you first, Mark, on the goal the equaliser. There's no pressure on on Robinson. Um, Jade Silva's nearest him, but there's about five players behind behind the ball. And let's let's look at you know we're on ninety we're on ninety minutes yeah we failed to, we failed to clip to to, to 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 keep the ball down in the corner. Now it would have been extending the game, but if if Nigel Pearson stood there and he's thinking, oh, I got these players on, disrupt the match, stick on stick on Viner or stick on Josh Hours, an extra midfielder. You don't need three forwards then, do you? If you're going to defend and you've got chance for fresh legs to put pressure on the ball to stop the pitch ball coming up the pitch. But there's just no pressure on, on, on Robinson. He's got about a yard of space. The Silver's doing nothing. He plays that inside pass. All their players are moving. Our players are stood still. Matty yeah. James uh, has got, the, has got uh, Livermore running. running uh, he's got the run on him and he flicks the ball around closer to, to, to reach. But you, you're the manager. You don't just stand there and say, I'm waiting for it to go wrong because <laughs> that's what he's effectively doing. Right, you you've got this. I, he's had two substitutions left. He could have done something about it. Could have put midfield players on. You don't need two, three forwards effectively with Vyman as the extra one in behind. Yeah. 
just put some pressure on the ball, make them work for it. Or the Silva kick foul Robinson or somebody foul Robinson, make him make that last play of the game, make them earn it. Don't, don't yeah. make them just walk the ball into the net because yeah. that's effectively what you did. And Nigel Pearson stood back and let that happen. Yet the players don't have the right mentality, but the manager's got an opportunity to affect that. He could have we could have game managed. He we didn't. could have done two substitute. We had two subs. Yeah. What you're saying is we had two substitutions to use in counting the clock down, and they would have been defensive um, substitutions at that. Yeah, so we could have. Yeah, uh, but they could have chased pack- chased players down. I mean, effectively, you know, Matt Clark and the J were just walking the ball up the pitch unchallenged. This happened a lot at the end of the Johnson era, I remember. A lot of games we coughed up late goals because we just stood stood back. We knew what they were going to do. But the only time that they played through us, and this happened uh, against Luton, it happened against uh, against um, Blackpool, as Ian said, played through our left channel between the, 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 between the full the full back uh, and the centre back when we played a four or, or or a back five, you know it's that it's that weak area and players are just stood still. That's the problem. They they're, they're not they're not moving. They're just stood there, even though they've got plenty of defensive. They've got got plenty of players. But we had plenty of players up behind the ball. Nobody was moving, mm. and that was the problem. But we should stop the ball getting up there. Yeah. Make them play. Make them right. earn it. That's the yeah. problem. Yeah, Ian. Before I just want to ask you a very quick question uh well in fact two quick questions to both of you but one quick question for ian ian if um alex scott had been fit yesterday had he been fit where would he have started in that lineup at right wing back with hanoa and james in midfield or 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 what how would you have seen it i don't think i don't think in that particular formation uh there's necessarily uh, a place for Alex Scott. So if he started, no. it would be instead of James or Masenga. Okay. All um, right. That's a, all so, right. That, that, that's fine. So no, I, I think I think that's and, and with Alex Scott. Yeah, can he play right wing back? Yeah, because he's a, he's a good footballer. But and he's, he's done not. It. He's not defensively a right wing back, and I think it's a no. waste. I think I think he's a ten, and and but he could also play as an eight in a, a three narrow midfield. Yeah. All right. That's the first question. Second question. You first again, uh, Ian, and then Mark as well. I thought West Brom had good appeal for a pen uh, turned down in the first half. But equally, I thought we had a definite uh, pen appeal in the second ourselves. How did you see those incidents? You first, Ian. Ask the same question to Mark. Are you you're talking about the handball in the in the I, from where I was sitting? I, I couldn't see. I'd have to see it back on a on a TV replay and I haven't seen it, so I can't really comment on you it. You can't. Then. All right, Mark, did you, I, I, as I said, I thought Cam handled it in the first half for them because every other cross, he was putting his hands behind his back to show that his arms weren't up. I don't know if you saw that one, but did you think our appeal in the second half had uh, something going for it or uh, not really? With um, with Vyman. Uh, was it? Uh, yeah, it's Vyman. foul, yeah. Yeah, I, I think the player the player pushed him. Was it enough for a penalty? Probably not. And those were the two great chances we had. Two breaks between uh, between Vyman and, and Wells. I mean that first that first one, he, he sort of peels away on the on the box, and I think the player gets some contact. Yeah. You know, it'd be interesting to see the VAR review of that. Was it enough? Pro- probably not. And then there was another one. There was another break, wasn't there? Really, and I think you know Wells Wells broke with the ball 
just moving away from the. But this is the city had so few touches in West Brom's in West Brom's penalty yeah. area that, that we've got to concentrate on this. Another break from a corner, and we did this well. Wells, is, there's two. There is two on two, and really, Vyman needs to peel off to the left to give one of their defenders uh, a. Uh, uh, you know, make make him make him run after after Vyman. Did Wells release Wells. it to Vyman on that he, occasion? He, no, uh, yes, it was he, the he, first time he released because it was one occasion where I thought Naki. But he was Wells, too narrow, and they lost the ball. All right, yeah, it was one occasion where I thought Naki. Yeah, a confident. I'm not saying Naki Wells lacks confidence at all, but and I thought he looked up for the game yesterday. A few people have been slagging him off. I'm going to slag somebody off in a moment. Um, but he unselfishly, I thought, laid it off to Vyman, where on another day he might have taken it himself and tried to get his second goal. But I mean, that was, yeah, I, I think, think he, if, if, he, if he keeps running with the if he keeps running with the ball, the nearer he gets to the area, the guy the guy's got to make a challenge. He's got to make a challenge, and he doesn't get that right. It's, it's, it's a penalty. I think yeah. he should have kept the ball, but Vyman should have peeled off to the left and taken the defender with him, right. giving make giving City a better yeah. option. So I think they made a mess of both of those. Yes, they did. Um, yes, they few, did. Few, you know, but notice who we're we had about so here. little possession in the second half. Yeah. That was the problem. Well, it'd be interesting to see the difference between possession first and second half. Right. On uh, Thursday, uh, I was one of the first people that I think reacted to it on Twitter. And uh, it said, Chris Martin signed another 12-month contract. And I went, FFS! Exclamation mark. Now, I think a lot of people when who responded to that saying, are you okay? What are you talking about? FFS! But it didn't mean what some of those people thought. It meant fantastic effing signing. Anyway, I'll let you make your own mind on that. Uh, of course, course it did, Yeah, yeah. Look, Chris Martin, right? Yesterday, look, he, he's a good player, right? Yesterday, I watched him. I'm going to disagree with uh, Yoda here. This is my new name for uh, Dave Fev, Fevs, if you're listening, who said he was battered up front yesterday for us. I have to say, right, that I don't think he had a particularly good game, which is why I checked in with somebody immediately after as to who put the header that led to Vyman's uh, cross. And I think Wells and Vyman up front, particularly with those two breakaways that you described there, uh, Mark, I think Wells and Martin up front playing a la Vardy, that fast, direct football, I thought Martin was a passenger yesterday. I didn't seem seem win a single header, and the only shot was in the first half when he hit Rose Zed in the Atio stand. Now I'm not saying it's wrong to give him a contract, yeah, an extension for another year, right? But this constant praise, I think the manager said he's our best defender at times, Chris Martin. I didn't see him win any. I don't see him win balls in the box like uh, Famara used to. So, and, and if yesterday Alex Scott had been fit, Ian, you said about leaving out James or Masengo, Alex Scott playing behind Vyman and Vel, Wells would have offered a lot more than Chris Martin did. And as you said, both of you have said, their defenders look worried when we have players running at them. So, Ian... Am I being am I being harsh on Chris Martin? I have said he's worthy of another year, but yesterday, right? For Christ's sake, let's try something different. We couldn't because Scott was injured. But what's your view on my veiled criticism of Chris Martin that doesn't help our mobility? There you go, rant over. <clears throat> well, to start with, Scott wasn't injured, according to Pearson in his press conference on Thursday. He said he was okay and he'd be training with us today. Um, but I think what he probably thought, well, he's he's been battered over the season. He's a young kid. 
let's give him, let's leave him out of this game. Let's give him a rest for a fortnight. Um, and he comes back 100% refreshed. I think that was what was more behind the season than him being in, uh, behind the decision in being injured. On Chris Martin, I'll tell you why he doesn't take Chris Martin off the field and why he starts with him a lot, and that's his defensive capability and his heading capability because we haven't got anybody else up front who's what I call really good in the air. Now, Chris Martin, now uh, the problem with Chris Martin is one, his age. Two, he, he has to play. If you if you play that the way we played yesterday, he has to play every game, and because it's tactics, we still taking these non-league throw-ins. You know, when we throw the ball down the line for a flick on, and to me, watch a decent football team and see how many times they do that. That's all I'm saying. Um, and the other side of it is, like I said, he's he's frightened to take him off. Now, if you're gonna play the ball from the back to somebody like Andy Byman. Even Naki Wells, Chris Martin, it needs to be a flat pin, right? It can't be a curling lump unless you're playing the ball in behind, right? It's no good playing the ball in behind for Chris Martin because he's got no pace. So Chris Martin needs the right service. And throwing the ball down the line when he's got, who was the big bald-headed bloke played at the back for West Brom? Right? Matt Clark. Matt Clark, great big lump, not great on the floor. So where do we put the ball? In the air, Pearson said, well, you know, there's a problem with the wind, right? So keep the ball on the floor then. Don't lump it. And we went back. Parts of that, yes, he reminded me of, last, uh, of uh, earlier this season with bush ball. And we're, we're not big enough to do it. Great. If you want to play bush ball, as I've said a million times on this podcast before, get some big blokes in. If you're going to play that, sign Matt Crooks from Middlesbrough. Go, in, go and get Michael Smith from Rotherham. If you're going to play bush ball, right? And if that's all we can afford, and that's the only way we can play, do it. I think um, Yoda's quite right. Chris Martin did get battered yesterday. Chris Chris Martin gets battered every week. So you're both right in what you're saying, although you're coming at it from a different place. Yes, I'd have given him a new contract, but B, I would also sign a number nine in the summer. Um, If we're going to play, if we need a back-to-goal striker, You've got uh, Palmer Holden, who's done very well for the under-23s. He's actually a back-to-goal striker. So that might be why Pearson was ha- is happy-ish to probably release Lewis Britton. So he could get a chance. But if, if you're going to play that way, you, you bring in a big number nine back-to-goal bloke, right? If you're going to play that way. So there you have it, a slightly shorter uh, episode of FBC podcast than uh, normal, but uh, we'll be back uh, after the international break uh, when it's Bournemouth away. But in the meantime, everybody, have a good week or two. All the best. Cheers, man. I'm feeling happy today. Going to put my cares in a whistle. Blow them all away. What if I've been unlucky? Really, I ain't got a thing. There's a time I always feel happy. As happy as a king When the red, red robin comes Bob, bob, bobbing along Along There'll be no more sobbing When he starts throbbing his old Sweet song Oh, wake up Wake up, you sleepyhead Get up Get up, get out of bed Cheer up Cheer up The sun is red Live, love Laugh and be happy What if I've been blue Now I'm walking through fields A flower Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the river robins are bubba bubbing along.
when the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along.